Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We need to specifically focus on just the entitlement of men who exist in the realm of the dating app sphere, or maybe even men that you meet who... Uh, you know, that you got from the dating app sphere who are now in front of you in person and maybe you're coming across their entitlement through their behavior. This is about trifling entitled dusties and their red flag behavior that we should never tolerate or ever overlook. And I'm going to be honest, if you are overlooking these, I think it's because you're desperate to get out of your house. Maybe you haven't been on a date in a hot minute or maybe you're really just looking to... <laughs> have a moment of imprinting your last relationship onto another dude because you're struggling to move on. The first talking point that I want to call out when it comes to dusty trifling men who are trying to just move this relationship way faster than it actually deserves to be moving is a man who acts familiar early on. Okay so what does that mean? I'm talking coming right out the gate with the hey babe, hey cutie, hey baby, or any type of texting that involves using pet names towards you. Some will be slick. They won't use it as an opener. In fact, they'll wait for the date to actually be planned. And then when they're in that stage where they're checking in to follow up and make sure that the date is still on, or maybe they're just trying to keep you warm in between those days if there's a long gap between the actual date being planned, he will come in with the hey baby, hey beautiful, hey gorgeous, hey sexy, hey anything that is just like, whoa, bro, I haven't even met you yet. Like, first of all, babe, I'm not your babe. It's like he's working you up to tolerate him being overly flirty and overly familiar in a way that he hasn't even deserved. Like, you haven't even established a conversation with me, IRL, to even decide if I'm even comfortable with this type of name calling or level of flirtation. I just think that there's something to be said about a relationship that doesn't start off on the basis of just being friendly and just being cordial and polite. Like a guy who just assumes that it's automatic sexual attraction right out the gate just because you guys both swiped right is a guy who's probably looking to lean into that and run straight into the abyss and not give you the opportunity to know him as a person but to only know him on a romantic level. Like obviously you think he's attractive that's probably why you swiped right on him but there should be more to a relationship dynamic than that and I think a guy who is leaning into that aspect is hoping that you are going to be someone who is going to match that energy and just go straight into the sexual aspect of the relationship. Also, this is going to sound shallow, but hi, I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm gorgeous. I know I'm sexy. You saying it as an intro is so redundant and it literally serves me nothing. It just tells me everything about your intentions. Like, thank you for recognizing it, but aha, I know, babe. Oh, th there's me calling them babe. You know what? I will say that. It's okay if I call them babe. It's okay if I do that, but I don't want them doing that to me. 
Why? Because I'm a girl. And in this relationship dynamic, I'm the one who decides what pace it moves at and how fast we're going to go and what is and isn't allowed based on my boundaries. Now, if that man doesn't want to be called babe, that's fine. I'll call him silly. If he doesn't want to be called silly, I'll call him dummy. Whatever this man wants to be called, I'll let him know that that's how I'm going to address him as. Another aspect of forcing familiarity is when they start harping on how physically attractive they find you while you guys are just in the middle of a random conversation. Like this could be an opportunity to ask you out or to plan a date or to see if they can get your phone number. But here they are just talking about how beautiful and good looking and attractive you are or something that they find attractive about your profile. Like, dude, why are you wasting time? What is this? Stop wasting my time and talking about how good I look. Once again, I know. Personally, for me with dating or even with friends, I like conversations that have objectives, that have purposes. I don't really just like to check in. I don't like to mosey around or to have conversation that keeps me warm. I find it to be kind of performative. So if he's just sitting there taking the conversation towards a turn that has no purpose, I get a little irritated. Another aspect of acting very familiar early on is a person who uses overly flirty emojis in any capacity. Some men are so stupid, they will literally come right out the gate on Tinder with that devil emoji. Dude, please. What warranted that? What do you think that means to me? It's like they're speaking in hieroglyphics to ask if you are DTF. It's like, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, that you want free accountant services and you think just because I swiped right on you that it means I'm going to do that for you? No, thank you. And also, I'm going to throw up. Sometimes they won't do this early on in the dating app conversations. They will take it on to the phone after they get your phone number or maybe even after you already agreed to a date, they will suddenly start using kissy emojis. Ugh, guys, I just feel like this is one that's very well known, so I don't think I have to go too deep into this. But the second that they start using those overly flirty emojis, that's your red flag. That's when you cancel that date. I wish I would have with my specific situation because this was a guy who, um, the guy who was specifically using the kissy emojis early on before we were about to go on our date was also the dude who was trying to hold my hand and touch my thigh and put his arm around me even after I had expressed that physical touch was making me uncomfortable. Eh, like, God. I, I just, I talked about this for two minutes on a Twitter voice note, but early on, that was him trying to see, can he get familiar with me in a way that wasn't warranted? And because I overlooked it, he probably perceived that as the me being the type of person who was down for being way too flirty way too soon. Which, by the way, nothing is consent besides actual, enthusiastic, vocal, excited consent. Permission to touch me. Permission to invade my personal space. I've gone on dates with men where they were very, very scared to touch me. And they were even like, oh, am I allowed to? And that's how it should be. Just because you use a kissy emoji and I show up on that date does not mean that you get permission to be all over me like Pepe Le Pew. For my non-90s babies who don't know who Pepe Le Pew is, he is a Looney Tunes character who is a skunk 
And he was shown in these shorts chasing after the affection of a cat that he was infatuated with. And he would be chasing her down for miles and miles and miles. And then eventually when she's finally in front of him, he would hold on to her, not let her go, smother her with kisses. And he would start love bombing her verbally, being like, my love, my one through Moncherie. He just wouldn't let her go and he would put his hands all over her and she was always very visibly uncomfortable and not into it. She never reciprocated his affection back. So I love to use the phrase Pepe Le Pew to describe guys who are just trying to force the interaction to happen when it's just not wanted or it's not mutual. So just to recap for that, guys who come through with the hey cutie, hey baby, hey beautiful in the first few messages um are guys who just use those pet names throughout any type of casual conversation that you're having before you even meet up on the first date guys who are overly flirty with those devil emojis and do to find absolutely no reason to just inject how attracted they are to you in the middle of the conversation without actually moving the conversation forward it's false familiarity they don't know you like that They're establishing a relationship based on the premise of sexual attraction or just a romantic attraction without actually getting to know you as a person and being friendly. These baby names and emojis are fine once you get to know them, but they have no place when you're just getting to know a person. And the problem is specifically with the men who use these methods, they perceive it as consent to fast forward the relationship to a physical arena when they do actually get to meet you. They see it as a reason to be overly touchy. They perceive it as you being DTF just because you are either nice to it or because you overlooked it or because you decided to still meet up with them after they started talking to you like that. I know it's really weird, but this is cretin behavior and it's only going to make sense if you're in a creep mind. All right, you guys, the next way that we're going to avoid dusties who are trifling and have audacity is by Instagram sleuthing. Yes, so let's say that this man has it in his bio. Before you even entertain that conversation, go to that man's Instagram and go look at his followers to following ratio. It's always a red flag from hell when he's following 1,200 people and then he only has like 300 to 100 followers. Any type of ratio where there is more people that he is following than is actually following him back is a huge red flag. And it's not because it makes him look uncool. It's because it's usually thousands of women. And like they could be women from his past Tinder days or Hinge or Bumble, just like women he's collected through the apps from all his little travels. Or they could be thirst accounts I've seen men straight up follow like girls gone wild type of like college accounts or like hotties of colleges it's hilarious but the bottom line is that social media is your social currency it's 2021 this man has probably heard time after time after time how embarrassing that looks how stupid that looks how no girl likes that And here he is in an app trying to pick up girls and he is proudly displaying his Instagram full of women that he follows that do not know that he exists or just his thirst or the fact that he has a little serial killer murder collection of women in his following section that he's not even like (laughs) connected to. Like, why are they there if you're no longer interacting with them? What is the point? And clearly they're not following you back, bro. It's one thing when Instagram was brand new and this was a debate that we were having for the first like two or three years of it. 
But dude, at this point, it's so well known. This is a man who is socially clueless. This is a guy who is openly for the streets. Send him back to the streets, okay? As soon as you see that Instagram following ratio, gone. Back he goes. And this can even apply, like, let's say maybe he doesn't even have his Instagram in his bio. Maybe he just happens to slide it to you. Or he sends you a link to a post from his Instagram. And then it's like, oh, now you have access to it. Go through that account, girl. Go look at, go straight to the following section. Look at those followers. See if this man's a social idiot. I was telling my mom that I was making this podcast and she said that, oh, if you ever confront these guys about who they're following, they're just going to go, those are my friends. And it's like, really, really, they're friends with Mia Khalifa. No, I'm friends with Mia Khalifa. Well, we're just mutuals on TikTok, but still. And yes, I am going to say social idiot loud and proud because only a clueless man is going to coexist on this planet on a social media platform that's been around for over 10 years now, pretending like he doesn't know that having that ratio looks bad on his behalf, but not just from the social aspect, from the aspect of displaying his thirst in a way that everybody can see it. Also, can we just laugh about how men will talk about how girls are hoes or girls are for the streets because maybe they like go out at night or maybe they, you know, just the sheer fact that we even have options as women. But men have entire social media accounts that they connect to their coworkers, their families, their friends, people from high school that also happen to double as accounts that they use for and following hoes that they've never met who don't even know they exist. To me, that's top-tier misogyny in a patriarchal society that just gets so casually overlooked. Like, oh, he's a man. He's allowed to follow those pages. They don't know he exists. Who cares? It's harmless. He is a thirsty motherfucker. And we're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. It's normal that he uses that page professionally and with his friends and family. But he also uses it to follow people who post nothing but Oh, and he connects it to all his dating profiles and he sends it to all the women that he's potentially going to be courting. But all right, ladies, that following ratio and who he's actually following is just one half of the battle. After you go through that and you make sure that he's just following his family, his coworkers, politicians, Barack Obama, news outlets. You know, once you cleared it up that he's just following The Guardian, Rupley, I don't know, the Young Turks, and it's being used for innocence and professionalism. Okay, that's good. But now we got to see the next half of the battle through, which is seeing if his ex is still on his post. I don't care if it goes back to 2009, 2011, 2019. Are there pictures of him and his ex on that profile? If the answer is yes, I want you to go down in the comments and see if she commented. And once you see her account, I want you to go to his recent photos and I want you to see, is that girl still in those comments? Or was she in the comments of any of the photos in between? You know, 2019 and now. So yeah, this is going to be some FBI work for you to do. But this is for you to make sure that this is a man who has actually moved on. I'm going to tell you right now that a man who keeps the photos up is a man who is secretly hoping that they will get back together. And if he's a super stupid dummy and he doesn't realize that he can archive a photo, why would you want that man? 
But let's pretend, okay? Maybe he doesn't have pictures of his ex. Maybe he's smart. He cleared the books. He's got a pure Instagram feed on top of a good Instagram following. All right, now it's time for round three. Go check those tagged photos that he has on his Instagram. Do his exes have him tagged in those photos? Because then that's an ex who hasn't moved on from him. And why would he even allow that on his page? It's like if you're trying to portray yourself as single, you would not have another lady in any capacity on that profile. Another question to be asking yourself is, does he have party boy pictures or pictures with women that aren't family pictures? Or does he have pictures that make him look considerably worse than the ones on his profile? Okay, I'm going to give a very specific example here. But one time I saw a guy who only had pictures of himself from like, I don't know, (laughs) a year ago. But then you went to his tagged photos and you were seeing these images of him from two months ago, three months ago, just like tagged from friends. And what you were witnessing was a man who had gained a considerable amount of weight and who had a different haircut than the pictures in his dating profile. That's what we're looking for, okay? We're trying to see the him that he's hiding. I also know a man who has pictures of himself looking very fit and fresh and skinny with a full beautiful head of hair in his Instagram. And then you go to his tagged photos and then it's him balding, him chubby, him looking like sweaty and greasy. And look, I know as women, we can be victims to the tagged photos, but it's one thing for us to just have a picture where we look a little off or like we look a little messy. It's another to have a completely different body type, completely different hairstyle, to completely not look like what we do as of today and to not be representing ourselves in that form and fashion. Come on, like this is just catfishing. They're literally catfishing, but with like versions of themselves from literally like a year or like eight months ago. And then have you guys ever noticed that these are the same guys who get so like, oh, let me see you on FaceTime. Let me make sure you look like dude. Actually, that's going to be my next point, but let's finish up this one. A man who has a horrible following ratio, who still has pictures of his ex up, who also gets exposed on his own tagged photos, and who has people in his comments like his exes, maybe even, you know what, I'm going to throw this one in. Check out his friend circle. Go look at who's commenting on his pictures when it comes to his friends. Do they look like degenerates? Do they look like people who would bring you down in life or people who are bad influences? Because whoever he hangs out with, they're going to end up being your friends eventually if you guys end up dating for real. I feel like most of you guys are FBI agents, so a lot of this is like basic knowledge. But girl, look look at if this man is replying to these comments and if he's liking them and making these people feel welcomed in his online social media presence. Oh, and really quickly, touching back on who he follows... If he is following a whole bunch of women, what do they look like? Do they look like you? And when I say do they look like you, are they of your ethnicity? Do they have your hair type? Do they have your body type, your eyes, your aesthetic? Because some men are literally out here just using their Instagram account to be a fetish account. Like, we're already going to write this dude off for following all those women in the first place. But for him, blatantly having a fetish and not even trying to hide it, it just speaks volumes about how idiotic that man is and how stupid they think you are. I will be honest, though. I have been pretty stupid in the past. I did notice that this man was following a bunch of women that looked like Eva Longoria, and then here I was, looking like me, not thinking a damn thing of it, until, yeah, it was too late. 
And then I realized like, oh, that's a breeder, dude. Honestly, save yourself a million fights and a lot of heartbreak by asking this man for his Instagram before you go on that date or before you even give him your number because you don't want to give this man your number and then have to ghost his ass after you realize it's too late. Like, it's just so awkward at that point. So definitely make it a habit to find them on Instagram or ask for it or even to go straight to the Instagram if it's in their bio and to find out the type of guy that they are. All right, all right. I can talk all day about how much I hate men who follow too many Instagram hoes, but let's talk about this next point. And this is probably one of the most trifling things of them all that will let you know that this is a very entitled man. It is when he is the one who requests the FaceTime or the phone call before the first date. Before we even get to explore why he would do this, let's talk about why a woman will request a FaceTime or maybe even a phone session. Now, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I speak for all the women, but I think we can agree that we're trying to make sure that he's a person that we can actually feel safe around. There's also an element of conversational vetting. Yes, the chemistry aspect is important, but we also need to ask those major questions before we even decide if we're going to leave our house or not. Like for me, one of my major questions is, are you vaccinated? Sorry, like, (laughs) can't date you if you're not. This one is personal for me, but sometimes if I'm going on a date, like at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., it completely interferes with my workout, walk, meditation, yoga routine. And then there's also the aspect of my diet too, right? So if I'm going to go on a date with this man, I'm going to be shortening my workout, meditation, like mental health routine and fitness routine, and I'm going to be drinking. And look, just because I'm going out and this man is paying for everything doesn't mean I'm by default going to enjoy my time there. When a man is going to enter my life, he's not just competing with other men. He's competing with the fact that I love what I do so much on my own free time that it's like, okay, how are you going to measure up to those activities? A lot of the times they can't. So I'm really, really, really sensitive about that routine being thrown off and who's going to have the ability to throw it off. Like the only time I make exceptions is if it's a potentially sugar situation. And that's because, haha, you know, money in the bank, shoddy what you drink. So yes, when women are asking for phone calls and FaceTimes prior to the first date, it's about safety. It's about wasting our resources when it comes to our makeup, our hair, our gas. It's about not having our routines derailed and being thrown off by, you know, a night of scrumptious food and delicious alcoholic drinks. But primarily, women do it because it's mostly about safety and it's about our boundaries too. The act of FaceTiming specifically acts as a boundary and making us feel like, okay, this is somebody who cares about our safety. All the other things like conversational vetting, that's me asking him the hard questions just to see how he's going to respond to me over the phone through his tonality where I can look at his face and see if this man is lying to me or if he's placating me and giving me very fluffy, huffy, puffy answers. All right, now, if you as a woman disagree with that statement and you have your own reasons why you do it, feel free to send it my way. I will listen to all of your complaints. But let's move on to why a man will request a FaceTime in a phone call session. And no, men, you are not allowed to DM me with your complaints and reasons why I am wrong about this. So let's address the obvious. Most men do not care about their safety. They don't care about inviting strangers over on the very first night. In fact, if it was up to them, you would come over, they would make Tostitos, and you guys would just straight up 
They wouldn't even make Tostitos, honestly. They would sit on the couch, pretend to actually talk to you like a human, do so very awkwardly and begrudgingly, and then you would take the reins like his favorite p on Pornhub, and you would act out his favorite fantasy. Or, if this is a man who likes to take the lead, he'll just drag you straight to his bed, and then he'll just start kissing you and f you. And then he would give himself a big pat on the back, because he got to do it for free, because he has that much game, because he's that much of the motherfucking man. And every other man who has to pay to get that, who has to go on dates and court women and actually talk to them like humans, are just some fucking losers. And then everybody claps. No, but seriously, if he's asking to FaceTime you, it's primarily because he wants to make sure that you are just as hot as you are in your photos. It has nothing to do with safety for this man. It has everything to do with the visuals because men are very visual. The other factor when it comes to wanting to do the FaceTime and the phone call is because men care about what other people think so, so much. You know how they are. They do everything for validation. One man outright told me that the reason why he wanted to do a phone call with me before the date was because he didn't want it to look like we were just meeting each other for the very first time. Like, to other people. In a place where nobody knew him. And I was telling him, I'm like, oh, well, usually when I go out in public, I'm so used to everybody looking at me that I don't make eye contact with anyone. I don't look around the room to see who's looking at me. I'm just so used to being stared at that it's just like, whatever, I just live my life anyways. So yeah, they're insecure, very insecure. Because only an insecure person is looking around the room wondering, what is everybody thinking about me? Oh my God, I hope they don't know. Girl, they don't know. And even if they did know, who the hell cares? So on top of being shallow and insecure, there's this other aspect of themselves that knows that they don't have good conversational game. The guy who is asking to do this phone call is asking you because he knows that he struggles with back and forth. He lacks the gift of gab. He has to make sure that you are going to be interesting enough for the both of you guys. Which means he's getting a feel for if you're going to carry the conversation, if you're going to ask the questions, if you are somebody who picks up when he starts slowing down. It's all about making sure that he can actually spend more than an hour with you and have you actually enjoy it instead of him frantically struggling to find things to talk about. And while we're sitting there trying to ask questions that determine compatibility and values, these men are usually trying to find out do you live alone and do you have a king or queen size bed? The dustiest of them all will make that very first phone call about where you work, what you do, and how you got there. Basically like an interview of your finances, just trying to get a gauge if they can use you or if you will be in a position to use them. Plot twist, I'm coming for your money even if I make more than you. Another purpose that the phone call serves or the FaceTime, is being a 1-800 single cutie in an area near you free phone conversation. These men are bored. They have free time. And this free time is being used to make you prove yourself to them, prove that you are good looking, prove that you will carry the conversation, prove where you work, prove that you live alone. It is all about making sure that you can prove yourself worthy of buying drinks and dinner for you. It's also about soft testing you with questions about your bed, your living situation, your job. Sometimes they will even try to sneak in a sexual conversation. Like I had one guy try to ask me if I was submissive because he's very dominant and I literally told him that I had to go right after he did that. 
Because just like how men have told each other that Tinder is for hooking up and they just naturally assume that you pick up on all the things that they tell each other like some secret code of consent, they also assume that if you are entertaining this conversation or if you are allowing it to go on that you must be consenting and you must be DTF. So going back to this man trying to make sure that you're worth him spending his money on you, even if this is a man with money and resources, this is a guy who is very stingy about it, who is very selective about how he is allocating those funds out. He's not a naturally generous dude. He's also trying to steer the direction of where the end of the first date's gonna go. So he's already thinking five steps ahead of you by trying to control the narrative in the very first phone call and how that's gonna segue over into the first date. So now that we've established that it's not about their safety and it's not about their boundaries and it's about their insecurity, their shallowness, and the one mutual overlapping concern of their resources not being wasted. However, our resources are being worried about because we do not want to waste our time. Their resources are being worried about because they want to make sure that they're being allocated properly towards the end goal of sex. So while we're both concerned about our time being wasted, this man is inevitably only wasting yours. Okay, bestie, so now that we have it all set in stone, why they're doing this, what it's for, why it's not the same reasons that we're doing it for, let's talk about how we are going to protect ourselves from this activity. First of all, you should be the only one who wants to make that FaceTime. I don't think that you should rush to ask them for it because you never know if they have the secret goal of wanting to ask you in advance. So if you do have the option, I would put it off until the very end of the conversation to ask them if they want to do a FaceTime or phone call with you. A man can pick up when he's in the act of being weeded out by a woman. So if he knows that you're very vigilant about making a FaceTime happen for your own protection and safety, he's going to tread very lightly. And if he does have any secret goals about where he wants the first date to end or, you know, the direction of the relationship that he ultimately has in mind for you and him, <laughs> just sleeping with you, he is going to be on his best behavior and the act of trying to be the perfect man to get you invested in him is going to start right then and there. I know you think, oh my god, he's scared about losing me. Yes, yes he is because men don't get a lot of matches on these websites or these apps. Like we get 500 matches a day if we were to actually sit there and swipe right on all of them, right? And these guys get one to two. And these women aren't always responding. So yeah, they're going to do the absolute most to keep you around because they think in their mind, when am I going to get another match? Who knows if I'm going to be attracted? Who knows if she's going to be attracted? They operate on a scarcity mindset. So they do have to do the most when it comes to lying to you. So once you make it clear that you want to do a FaceTime, do not just let this man FaceTime you out of the blue like surprise Sade. Absolutely not. Set a date and a time and hold him to it if you tell this man i am free at 3 30 p.m and then he doesn't tell you at three o'clock hey i'm only going to be able to call at 3 45 or hey i'm only going to be able to call at four i'm running a little behind i'm late this is a guy who is already wasting your time and who's not taking you seriously he's already being crappy he's already being low effort I would write him off right then and there and literally just never respond to him again. This is his first time to show you that he's a man of his word, that he can show up and follow the instructions and do the assignment, and he's already failing. And if you have a big gap in between the day that you're actually going to go on this date with this man versus the day that you actually planned it, 
go ahead and plan that FaceTime and phone call a good 24 hours to maybe even 48 hours in advance. Now, sometimes you can do the whole, oh, hey, call me later in this evening. I'm free at 8.30 p.m., and that's fine. Um, you know, you can still gauge a similar result by that alone because if you say you're free at 8.30 p.m., you'll be ready by then. Like, let's do the call then. And then he still tries to call you, like, hours after the fact or even, like, 20 minutes later and he's not even telling you, hey, I'm going to be running late okay, now you have an idea of who this man is, right? This is a guy who's not cordial. This is a guy who's not vigilant about respecting your time. You still get the same result and you can still write him off. Most of these men on these apps are disposable. They are expendable. They act like options. Most of them are actually on the apps for validation. They can't actually afford to date. They just want to see who's going to swipe on them, who's going to entertain them with conversation, who's going to like them. So treat them as the desperate, disposable creatures that they are. And when you see that first red flag or when you catch that first whiff of this is a man who's not compatible with me, this is a man whose values do not align with mine, toss him to the side, act like you never even met him, and keep it pushing, keep on swiping, keep on dating. A lot of them are so desperate for interaction and for female attention. They literally live off of it. They feed off of it. You have to remember, like, men are horrible to each other. Go watch any movie about a boy switching a body with a girl. And when the girl is in the boy's body, she gets bullied all day long, talked down to. She gets abused physically by these other men. Like, men are awful to each other. Women are held to such a higher standard when it comes to being pleasant, to not being bitchy, to being someone who is enjoyable to be around, and just even somebody who doesn't have a resting bitch face. Like, we are not given any leeway to be negative in any capacity. But men, it's like, that's all they know. They have free range to do that willy-nilly. And society doesn't shame them for it. So keep that in mind, that this man is getting relief from your energy and your pleasantry. You're like being around a Disney princess. It's why they're so shocked and even amused when a girl is kind of bitchy and shitty to them because that's what's familiar to them. Okay, so this is gonna wrap up the chapter of determining if he is a entitled, trifling, dusty man via the online space. So we're gonna check out that Instagram, look at those ratios, tagged photos, check out if he has any exes, We are going to see if this man is the one asking for the FaceTime first, rather than you being the one who asked for the FaceTime first. You know, just in general, to see if he's trying to make you prove yourself. Oh, and we're going to be very vigilant about making sure that this is a dude who is not trying to act overly familiar with us. Now, these are a lot of tests to pass. And I know, who can make it past all these tests? You have to ignore something here or there. Go ahead, besties. Ignore one of those red flags. Ignore something that happens very early on in this stage because you will regret it. I know I did. Oh my gosh. Should I even, should we go into a story time real quickly before I go into the next one? I think I'm going to go into a story time. I decided to go on a dinner date with a dude who was sending me overly flirty kissy emojis who tried to FaceTime me out of the blue with no warning. I had gone on this dinner date And when I was there, I was actually thinking, oh, he's actually enjoyable. He's interesting. We're having a good time. I had made the very dumb, not wise decision of agreeing to let the date continue on and specifically to go back to his place and to smoke. 
which I know is so dumb, but the plan was that we were going to smoke and then we were going to go downtown and we were going to have basically the rest of the night out together, which to me was just kind of coming from the mindset of like, oh, I just want to have a good time. So yeah, I was operating in a desperate space. This made me realize, by the way, there's a lot of different ways to be desperate. It doesn't only look like one specific way. However, because I allowed this date to go on way longer than it should have, I got to see the version of him who thought that he was gonna get the cookie and who ended up not getting it. Like literally, if the date had ended at the dinner date, I would have probably thought, wow, this is a good dude. But it's because I went back to his apartment that I got to see him try to hold my hand during times when it just didn't make sense to. Um, Specifically, when we were going up to his room, I was standing outside the door and it was closed and I wasn't like, (laughs) I I have this thing where like I refuse to open a door if I'm with a man. Like I will literally stand in front of it and act all confused until he opens it. So I stood in front of it acting all confused and then he held out his hand as we were about to go into the room, which just seemed like such an unnecessary moment. So I was like, what? Like I literally just didn't even grab it back. I was like, ew. And after this happened, uh, you guys, I gave him my address because the game plan was for him to pick me up at my house. And then we were going to go downtown. That way I could drink and we can have fun. And it was when he picked me up and when we started heading downtown that he started putting his hand on my thigh in the car ride. And to me, it was like, dude, if I did not want you holding my hand, why would I want your hand on my thigh? It was actually raining so bad this night. And I remember I was like, oh, should I bring my umbrella? And he was like, no, it'll be fine wherever we're going. But it was not fine. So the parking lot to the place that we went to was very gravelly and rocky. And I had brought a coat because I had the wits about me to do that at least. And I was covering my head with my coat, but I could not walk in my heels on this gravel lot without risking falling. In retrospect, this man should have dropped me off at the front of the bar so that he didn't have to hold my hand and walk in slow motion through the Jumanji pouring monsoon rain. So he was just taking the Jumanji rain to the face, which I found very hilarious now because I think he deserved it. When I got to the bar and I pointed out that he was handsy and touchy throughout the night, I thought I did it in like a low-key, playful, lighthearted way. But he completely shut down when I did that. First, he did this like begrudging apology of, oh, if you don't want me to touch you because it's making you uncomfortable, I can stop. Then he's like, I was just trying to assert my attraction to you through touch. Okay, so you're literally using the Dennis method from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which, by the way, the Dennis method was delivered as a joke and as something that you shouldn't do. But it crosses over into red pill territory of just bum rushing a lady into sleeping with you. And at this point, I was thinking that the night was still kind of okay, but that's actually when it got completely uncomfortable. He asked me to buy the next round of drinks. Besties, I have not been on a date in so long where I've actually been in the restaurant setting or a bar setting where a man asked me to pay. And I was like, um, (laughs) no, no, I will not be doing that. No, I do not want to take care of the next round. So begrudgingly, he ends up getting the next round of drinks. And that's when he starts to bum rush us out of there. Like the energy just gets really, really bad. It was actually worse than if I was just sitting at a bar by myself. It's because I was with him. He had completely given up. He realized that I wasn't a 50-50 chick. 
Oh, and oh my gosh, after I said I wasn't going to buy the drinks, he was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll be your sugar daddy for the night. And I looked at him and I was like, that's not what a sugar daddy is. So when I say he was rushing us out of there, he was literally like, oh, after this drink, I have to go. And it's so funny because before the night even started, I asked him, do you have anywhere you have to be tomorrow? How long can you be out? He said that he didn't have a bedtime and that he could be out all night long. So he clearly was ending the night because he realized it wasn't going to end in him smashing. So when he said that he had to finish his drink and then go, I was like, oh God, this is bad. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I started rapid fire texting my friend about how bad this night was going. And then when I came back out of the bathroom, his drink was completely finished. I was only in there for like two to three minutes. So he had completely chugged it down. Then it was, you know, like, okay, (laughs) we're leaving. We're out of here. And on my way back home with this man because he was driving. And I know you guys are saying, you're probably saying to yourself, why didn't you take an Uber home? Why didn't you call for somebody to like pick you up? It was pouring rain outside and I didn't have an umbrella. This car would have to find me in the Jumanji monsoon weather. It was really bad. It just was, it just seemed like an option for me at the time that I didn't want to go out of my way to pursue. So I'm on my way back home with this man in his car and I know that he's physically very touchy and he does not care whether I actually want to be touched or not. So I lean my legs away from him and I'm even thinking like, oh, I just feel like crossing my arms like I'm very physically defensive. But I tell myself, I'm like, no, I will not be doing that because then this man is going to know something is wrong and he's kind of weird and I don't want to push it. So because I leave my hands down at my side, This man grabs my hand and holds it the whole car ride home. And I didn't want to cause a fuss or a problem and be an issue because it was like, I just don't know who this guy is. And he clearly is weird. And when he gets me back to my place, he asked me if he could walk me up to the porch. And I was like, no, you don't want to do that. There's spiders up there. There's like a whole bunch of cobwebs that we haven't cleaned out. And then he goes in for the goodbye hug in his front seat. And as I'm pulling away from the goodbye hug, he looks like he's about to go into the kiss. And I had to be like, oh, no, sorry. My mouth is really dry from the drinking and the smoking and not having water. And then he insisted that we still kiss. And I was like, no, it's not going to feel good for me. And he was still pushing for this kiss. It's just like, oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, so besties, this is what happened to me. Because I ignored some of the most obvious horrible red flags. I was also emotionally operating from a space where I had been basically like leaving the situationship that I was more invested in than the guy was. And I finally felt like, okay, I'm kind of healed. Like I'm excited to date again. So I was willing to take chances. Chances that I normally wouldn't have. I wasn't very like desperate for love or eager to have a man. But I was just looking to have a good time. And because of that, I overlooked the over-kissy emojis. I overlooked him trying to FaceTime me out of the blue. I let the date go on longer than it should have. This honestly all would have been prevented if I would have just cut that man off the second that he started using kissy emojis. So everybody, you guys can thank this cringe lord for inspiring this episode today. But it was the cringe lord that came the day after him that cemented a lot of the thoughts that I'm expressing right now. 
cringe lord number two had planned a date to go get dinner and he was like oh there's this place but you have to uber to it because parking sucks so I was like okay do you mind taking care of my uber and he was like yeah no problem then he sends me a text asking if I would take the uber to his place to pick him up along the way and I sent him a text back saying meeting somebody in an uber for the first time is weird I'd rather not These text messages are up on my Twitter, by the way, if you guys want to go down the abyss and try to find it. Because all of this is to the effect of, and I was unfortunately way nicer than I should have been in that moment. But basically, so after I say, hey, I don't want to meet you for the first time in an Uber, he said, okay, well then just come up to my place. To which I was like, that's even weirder. No, thank you. And then he was like, okay, well then you're just going to have to wait for my Uber to come. First of all, I don't have to wait for Second of all, send me the fucking Venmo money. Cash at me right now. There's no need for him to personally buy the Uber and create this whole little punishment of like, now you're going to have to wait for my Uber. Nah, dude, fuck you entitled dusty alert trifling I literally just stopped responding to his messages and after that he was like oh never mind you won't have to wait for me then he sent another one saying but I do still want to FaceTime that's when I started putting the pieces together oh my god this is what a trifling entitled dusty man looks like before I even get to actually meet him This is what it looks like when a guy is soft testing me online to see if I'm DTF. Like, between him and this cringe lord that came before him, it just started coming together for me. So I hope I can make it come together for you. By the way, I ghosted that man. I ignored him. He tried to call me and he tried to be like, when is the, like, when should I call you the Uber? It was like, never, ever. I think he even tried to call me the next day and um, even the guy who tried to kiss me in the car, he tried to hit me up the next week. I ended up blocking them both. Don't sit there and tell a guy like this what he's doing wrong. Don't fight him about it. Don't engage in a back and forth. They are stupid. Stupid for trying you, but smart enough to know exactly what they're doing. I promise you they are grown men with grown ass jobs they make executive decisions and they act with their authority all day every day they actually think you're stupid they think you're dumb and like you're going to be the one who's going to tolerate it or even allow that type of behavior just ignore them just ghost leave them with their left hand and their right hand when you see those kissy emojis when you get that unexpected facetime when you get a dude who has a really bad instagram ratio just already know what you are going to be dealing with down the road in the future. And don't sit there and tell yourself that you're the exception to the rule. Because with these types of losers, you really don't want to be. And with that, you guys, I bid you adieu. This is our episode for today. Remember, even if you leave your house and you end up meeting this man, it's a red flag if he doesn't make reservations. It's a red flag if he doesn't walk you to your car. While we have moments where we have to teach people how to behave around us, We do not have to teach a man how to be a grown-ass man. Period, poo. I wanted to talk about how liberal men fall into the dusty, trifling territory, but I guess that will have to be for the next episode. I hope you guys really like this one. If you like my content, I have a TikTok, I have a YouTube, and I have an Instagram. I am also on Twitter. I'm Fleeksy on literally everything. So go check me out. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, guys.